Houston's coming to town this Sunday. Who's the player on the Texans that scares you the most this week? Will Anderson, pass rushing rookie. Well, C.J. Stroud scares me a little, but what really scares me about the Texans is, is they still believe in themselves. Welcome to Jags AM on this Thursday, presented by Fields Auto Group. Kainani Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osier here with us today as we get ready for week three against the Texans. We've moved on from the loss against the Chiefs, and now we're focused on this divisional matchup against the Texans. And John, as you mentioned, this team has struggled so far. They're 0-2, but we're just early in the season, so it really hasn't crushed them at any point. They're not at a point where they're winless still, you know, halfway through the year. It's early on. Well, they're ascending, or, or they believe they're ascending, with a new coach, uh, a new plan, so they're all still buying in. And in the NFL, early in the season, when teams still believe, when they've got a quarterback who can throw like Stroud, uh, you never know what's going to happen, and they won't quit off of one early touchdown. Late in the season, you play a team like this, okay, well, we know this team's better than we are. Uh, they're not there yet, so uh, they're always dangerous, even at home, even though they have a, a, a rookie quarterback, Brian. Well, for the first time in a couple of years, they've, they've got their honest-to-goodness direction set, right? I mean, the last few years, they had David Cutcliffe uh, and then um, uh, Lovey Smith, and you just neither of those felt permanent because the quarterback wasn't there. They were relying on Davis Mills. It just felt like they were constantly in transition. Well, now they've got D'Amico Ryans, who is one of the the bright young coaches in the AFC. And C.J. Stroud has the signs, is showing all the signs, of being an elite quarterback. He's got that capability. So now it, it feels real, and there's no reason for them to doubt themselves. They just have to keep playing. All right, let's go over our big things for this Thursday on Jags AM. Be better. The team needs to play better than they did in Week 2 against the Chiefs if they want to win, and they can't have a hangover. Uh, part of the problem, Doug Peterson said, is he didn't feel his team practice very well last week, and that's something Trevor Lawrence talked about yesterday. I agree. You know, we didn't. I think we we were flying around quite as good as we were, you know, maybe the week before. And I think that's the adjustment when you get in the season and when you play these these long physical games. You know, even take like the Colts game, the first game. That was a physical, tough four-quarter game, and you just got to get used to bouncing back and being ready to go on Wednesday, Thursday for practice. Because you got to get the game plan in, you got to get those reps to feel good about it. And you know, I don't think we did a great job necessarily last week of doing that, especially on Wednesday. Um, so that's the emphasis this week. The guys are ready to go. I think we're really locked in. Um, guys are ready. We got to bring some energy and, and get back on track. There is something to be said for practicing like a championship team. Brian, I know Doug talked about that, but it's not something you take for granted. Not everybody knows how to practice like that. No, although I, I think you know, these guys learned last year how to practice like sure. this as they went through that. I was, um, I was surprised when I heard that from Doug, and, and then Trevor came up and said it, and, and everyone in the locker room talked about it, but nobody mentioned it on Sunday. You know, I mean, they, they kind of were pushed into a corner where they had to admit that they didn't have quite as good a week. The good news for them is they had to admit it, they have to confront it, and they have to work harder because everyone's looking at them now. Well, they're human beings. I mean, sure. you know, uh, they had a bad week. Uh, they had a bad game. I, I kind of buy in a little more to Doug's thoughts Monday when he talked about them pressing than I do the bad practice. Um, I, it just felt to me when when Doug and Trevor both talked about, and even all the players were talking about how just fisting so tight, 
holding on to try to make a play. It's like when you're behind in a baseball game, everybody's trying to hit a home run. Right. Uh, that's what it sort of felt like, and it made sense. Uh, the practice is it's fine. I think you can overcome that. I hope that's it. Yeah. I hope you're right, because if, the, if you're not, I mean, if, if they just were human and didn't have a good week, then you have to ask yourself, well, why with one of the biggest games on your schedule, and it's your home opener, and it's the Super Bowl champions, do you have a bad week, right? No one could explain it in the locker room yesterday. So I hope it was just a, a tightness, a... Um, in fact, that's how I described it on Monday. I hope that was the case. Because if you can't get up for the Kansas City Chiefs in the home opener and have a good week of practice, there's a bigger question to ask. Hopefully a mix of both. Maybe they just got a little too excited for the game and took it, you know, I don't think they were ill-prepared necessarily, but they definitely are going to refocus this week at their practice. Our second big thing this week is hold the line. So a lot of the issues surrounding the offensive line, injuries, and then just not being able to hold the line uh, in their game against the Chiefs. Now, Talking to Trevor yesterday, he said he's not concerned. He had some good meetings, and he thinks things will be better this week. I know those guys are going to – we had some great meetings this morning, like we always do on Wednesdays, and um, some of our protection stuff, and those guys are going to be just fine. Not worried about it. You know, it's all of us. It's, it's, it's all of us playing together and, and communicating, and, you know, I don't think any, any player on offense played anywhere close to their best game on Sunday. So it's not just those guys. Um, we all got to be better, and we will be. And, I think we have the group that recognizes that. There's nobody that, that thinks that they played great on Sunday and, and thinks that they're above any, anyone else. So we understand where we're at, and um, I got a lot of confidence in those guys, and we'll put together a great plan and be prepared, and it starts today, and they're going to fly around. We'll have a great practice. John, how concerned should we be about the offensive line right now? Well, I'm not concerned over the long haul uh, because I believe it'll get fixed. I mean, Cam Robinson coming back will help. I believe the guys who are playing – it just seems to me like in Anton Harrison was playing the shoulder in camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walker Little had a hip. Two ankles on, on Garden Center, Sheriff and Fortner, and then Barch is coming back. Not to make excuses, but that's a lot of stuff going on, and they just haven't felt powerful or in cohesion. But I think Doug talked yesterday about something that's a very key point that people miss. Offensive line's the hardest thing to get going because of the cohesion. You don't have enough reps during training camp because nobody hits like that anymore. So I, it usually gets better as the season goes on. I think if they stay healthy, get Cam back, that will start developing because, frankly, it did last year. It started off rough in the first game and got better as the season went on. I think Roush is a good coach. I have no reason to think it won't get solved, but if it doesn't, it's bad because that's hurt them the first two weeks. I, what do you think here? Oh, he just said it all. Oh, he said all oh, the things. Sorry about that. That's no, okay. <laughs> no, he's right. Off. He's right. I mean, he, he, he said it. He laid it out. I, I think the biggest takeaway that I um, had from yesterday's press conference was there's not a lot of reps in the preseason. And That's he right. played those guys in the Miami game to get them some, but still felt the urge to get them out before they got hurt. So uh, there's none of that anymore. They, they just got to work their way into it. Here's one thing to look forward to. Help is on the way. You at least have a frontline starter in Cam Robinson who's back in the building, who will be able to play in week five. That will give you some flexibility with the injuries, some flexibility uh, where you feel like you have some weaknesses, maybe left guard. You could move Walker Little inside. If Anton Harrison's shoulder isn't better, uh, you know, you could move Walker Little to right tackle. So you've got some flexibility on the way. Most teams don't have that. Big thing four, I almost left Brian speechless. <laughs> yes, I, was, I, so, I was speechless because yeah, Brian was, was speechless. I'm like, here's where I'm going with this. And John just answered, okay, all right, done. 
All right, our big thing three is lead the way. That's about Trevor Lawrence. Doug Peterson speaking in his press conference. The offense did struggle, but he said he has no concerns about Trevor. He's a type of type of guy that, you know, it, it bothers him. When, when he or the team doesn't play well, it bothers him. And it bothers a lot of guys. And, you know, they I, – I would say that we, we didn't practice very well last week, you know. And, and it starts there. It starts in practice and, and being efficient. And, and um, you know, we've, we've got to have good days coming up. But, uh, you know, this team's been resilient that way, and, and they seem to respond, you know, to each other and the kinds of adversity that we, we sort of bring on ourselves. Yeah, there's something to be said about how you bounce back from that adversity, Brian. And in a we'll very subtle way, Doug put his team on notice. Yes. He didn't have to say in front of the media yesterday that we didn't practice very well last week because that became the story, right? Correct. Everyone's talking about that now. Um, but in a very subtle way, he let him know this is a performance-based business. We all are judged on the way that we work all week long, and then it is the payoff on the field. And so now everybody's going to expect you to have a great week of practice. I, I, I kind of like that. He also said it in an answer about Trevor. I don't, I'm not saying he was saying it about the quarterback, but I think it was about that whole thing, and the quarterback needs to lead that. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm not worried about Trevor. Uh, I guess because if I was, the whole thing is in shambles. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. He's but, the cornerstone. But that's not what this is. Uh, I don't, I've never thought that he is going to be an, an all-time accuracy guy every week with 24 or 25 passing I think he's going to have some misses but he's going he's also going to have runs where he is red hot he is such a good gamer that's going to happen I just think look if there are four toe tap touchdowns that don't happen and the guy's got Christian Kirk by his ankle and Christian's about to get away on Sunday um, if those plays go another way, we're not panicking. Yeah. It, it, it was a game of inches game. I think they're going to be fine. Well, back to the human part. I mean, you could have a great week of practice and then have a bad day, right? Sure. So we'll find out on Sunday because talking to guys in the locker room yesterday, they had a good day on the practice field. And they're planning, they're expecting, they're holding each other accountable mm -hmm. to have a better day today. So we'll see how that all works out. I also think, you know... It, they had the ball inside the red zone with five minutes left and a chance to win. They came up short, right? Don't, don't just start flushing and, and getting rid of things. Figure out how to take what you've got and make it work better. And that's what this week is about. Absolutely. All right, stay with us. We're going to move ahead, and then we'll preview the matchup against the Texans as we do a deep dive coming up after the break. All right, we're back here in Dags AM studio on this Thursday. We're going to talk Texans now. We've been talking so much about the Chiefs in that game. We've turned the page now. we got to look at the Texans, and we can't overlook the Texans as well. Watch some of their media availability, and we're going to go over some of the sound bites now because C.J. Stroud really does say all the right things. We've obviously in Jacksonville seen what a rookie quarterback looks like when they come in, and you know maybe it wasn't great the year before, and they're trying to rebuild something. They have a new co coach, a new quarterback. And one of the things Stroud said that I really took to point was, he wants to make others around him better, and he told a little bit of a story of how he got to that point in his career. What does it mean to play quarterback? Like, what is like, what, what, what's like your job? And I'm like, to make plays? Like, I don't know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I said to be a leader. He was like, yeah, that's right. Like, being a leader, making plays, all that stuff is great. But he was like, your main job is to make people around you better, like, on the field and off. And I took that to heart. And ever since that moment, like, I dedicated a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of uh, like mental capacity, a lot of energy to that cause. And I told myself I would never go back and I would never 
regret not doing everything. That's a selflessness you can't teach all the time, and I think for him to understand that at the young age that he is, that's, that impressive. bodes well for him in the NFL. Yeah, he's impressive. And, and like a lot of quarterbacks who play at the highest level of college football, playing at Ohio State puts him in front of the media a lot. And clearly, he has been well-coached. And whoever, besides coaching, right, parents, mentors, I mean, he's very calm. He's an impressive young man. Yeah, they're impressed with him. They think they've got their franchise guy. Uh, in terms of this game, the thing that maybe the Jaguars can be a little optimistic about, he hasn't thrown a pick yet and he's been under pressure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of pressure. The percentages on that sort of start running out. At some point he's going to make a mistake. This is a team that forces turnovers, the Jaguars. Uh, you wonder if the rubber meets the road on that this week. That's what I think the Jaguars are trying to get to, and I think they will. Well, and they don't, the Texans at this moment in time, don't have that game-breaking alpha receiver like a Calvin Ridley who can get down the field and strike fear into your secondary, which means they'll probably feel more willing to take chances on some balls and make plays. We'll have to see. As far as the scouting report, Stroud went on to say he knows a lot about the Jacksonville defense. Here's what he had to say. First and foremost, their D-line, uh, uh, 44 and 41, great players, set the edge, um, run around, play well. Their D-line, really stout, really big. Um, and their linebackers, 23, 33, I actually played against uh, Devin in uh, college. Um, two really good players, not only in, in, run, run, in the run game, but also in pass coverage. Uh, 32 Campbell, he's a really good DB. Um, Cisco, somebody I know personally, um, he's a good dude, uh, very aggressive, very uh, good in coverage, but also is, is um, constantly making good tackles. Uh, same thing with two. And then 37 comes in, plays a nickel, plays really well. 31 is a solid corner. Um, so um, I don't, I don't want to name drop. I know all their names too, but <laughs> sorry. But uh, nah, great defense all over, uh, all the way around. And didn't want to name check anybody, but he basically name dropped everybody on starting defense. So yeah. I was impressed. Um, how much of it comes to studying early on and getting those habits, John, when you're a rookie, understanding what it takes to be a good quarterback? Well, it, any quarterback and coach, when you start talking about the details of quarterbacking, we'll talk about whether a guy knows how to study film or not. Mm -hmm. Most quarterbacks don't come into the league knowing how to study at a high level. I don't know if he, you know. Yeah. As he clearly studies, does he yet know how to prepare at the highest level? Probably not, because it's, right. it's a learned skill. But when you're putting that sort of effort into it, if you're coached correctly, eventually effort and, and the coaching, the teaching, yield a very intelligent quarterback. Uh, all indication of this kid's on his way. Well, and, and look, he took the time to be able to go through the list and, and share it with the local media there in Houston, which is impressive enough. Um, I, I just, I can't say enough about the kid. I, I like him. I liked him at Ohio State. I think he's going to be a very good player. And I think the AFC South has a great chance to be a great quarterback division for years to come. I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but he really seems like of the other rookie quarterbacks in the division, he's the one that you kind of see it already forming with him, even if it's just two games in right now. Yeah. He had a lot more experience with the ball sure. in his hand than Anthony Richardson did. I think Richardson had, what, 13 games? Yeah. Uh, 300 passing attempts in his college career. I mean, this kid put the ball all over the place. And he was accustomed to having great receivers. I mean, just look at the list. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, 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 Jackson Smith and Jigba, mm -hmm. um, and, of course, Harrison, who's there now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's a guy who understands the intricacies of the passing game 
at some point in time when he's got weapons in Houston. It's going to be Talk about shootout, right? Mm-hmm. He stands in the pocket and, and, and throws the ball to the right people. And uh, that gets you a long way. And he seems like he's only going to get better. As somebody said yesterday, if you're going to get this team, you better get him now. You bet. For sure. D'Amico Ryan's a first-year head coach there. He's the new sheriff in town. Doesn't like to give away too, too much, but he did say that Calvin Ridley is someone that's going to be a problem for them to try to cover. Calvin's an explosive playmaker, right? He's Wherever he catches the ball, you have to be ready. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands, really great hands on the on the perimeter of the defense, but he can also take those short passes that we talked about, and he can go to the house. So when it comes to tackling, we have to be on it, uh, make sure we're playing great fundamental ball outside in, sitting, making him cut back inside. But Calvin is explosive. He's fast. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands, and it'll be a tough matchup for us. Brian, John, we were just talking about some of the injuries the team's dealing with. Brian, do you feel like Calvin can have a big day based on what the Houston defense yeah, is trying I mean, to deal with? Based on the injury report, yeah. Both those safeties, and, and Jalen Petrie is a really good player, who you would think would be somewhere in the vicinity of zero on the Jaguars uniform. Um, whether he plays or not is a big question mark. I don't think he practiced yesterday. Uh, so you're, you're, you're talking about a, a team that is set up mm-hmm. for the Jaguars to be able to go and do what they do at a much higher level than they did last week. Just a quick thought on, on D'Amico Ryans. He was a really good football player. He played for the Texans as a linebacker, obviously. Um, talking to people in San Francisco in the offseason, mm-hmm. this is a guy who players loved playing for. And you can see by his energy, uh, the way that he, the words that he uses, that players are going to love playing for him in Houston. They finally have their guy. This team... Uh they're on the way. They feel like they have put together. In, in terms of this week, the question you asked, Brian, uh, I do think the receivers have a chance to have a big game. The issue is, to me is not so much the secondary. Can the Jaguars get their front blocked? Sure. Uh, I think once they get the front blocked, the story every week is going to be more about the Jaguars' receivers. I don't think there's a secondary that can do a great job on this team if Trevor has time to throw. So I think, I think that's the, the key matchup on that side of the ball. Worried about our O-line, but we do want to mention Houston's O-line has had some issues as well, John, because um, Stroud's already been sacked 11 times in two games. So is that partly him being quarterback? Is that line play? Uh, rookie quarterback, is that line play, or is it a combo of both? Yeah, I haven't watched their games enough to know what it is. They are beat up on the offensive line. They're strong on the offensive line. I, I don't – my sense is this is not a Stroud issue. Mm-hmm. It's an injury issue, and it's where they're weak. So – to me, this is the matchup that most favors the Jaguars is defensive front versus Texans offensive front, and it's one that a team that's rushing the passer pretty well this year in the yeah. Jaguars ought to take advantage of. Well, Laramie Tunsil, who's their best offensive lineman, didn't play last week and is questionable for this week, I would imagine. And Tyus Howard, their right tackle, is on injured reserve. So, I mean, when you're going into the season or into a game with your top two offensive tackles down, that puts you in a huge hole. Definitely troublesome. We'll see how things go on Sunday coming up with us. Stay with us here because we're going to go over he will, he won't, he might for this week's matchup against the Texans. All right, we got our second divisional matchup of the year already. It's week three. We're going to go with he will, he won't, he might. Brian, we'll start with you. I took Devin Lloyd because he's coming off a terrific game. He had 11 tackles and was all over the field. So I think he will be the dominant defender on Sunday against the Texans. 
He just looks like he's starting to figure it out and get into that rhythm. You know, we thought we saw it in training camp. We thought we saw it during the preseason, but we didn't see enough of it. Obviously, he's a starter. Uh, I think we will see it on Sunday. Um, he won't, I don't think, look lost again. I mean, he's, he, he's just got this thing now, uh, has figured it out. Uh, but he might be a guy who gets a sack and an interception oh. uh, on Sunday against the Texans because the rookie quarterback, as John mentioned, is due to throw not just one pick, but one of those multiple meltdown sort of games. And he's been under pressure. And Devin is equal parts rush the passer and drop back into coverage. So I think this could set up to be his kind of game. John, you're going with 16, right, for he really won't he might this week? Yeah, and we usually try to dig a little deeper, but <laughs> he's a storyline. He, he is. He will, uh, I think he will have time. I mean, it, it, I don't know that everything that happened last week was all a 16 issue. It, it, it was cumulative. It seemed off with the receivers, the offensive line. So I think the line will give him time this week. Uh, he won't worry about the past. He's always been pretty good at bouncing back. He handles everything all right. He's under a little bit of criticism, probably a little personal pressure. I can't play that way again. He, he handles that sort of thing fine. And I, he might, and I almost went with a second he will, but it, it's kind of a confining <laughs> yes, thing. Yes, might. Uh, so Never he might, he will. Uh, I, think he'll have a, I think he'll have a big game, a couple of touchdowns. Sure. I, don't, I don't care necessarily about his touchdown passes, but I think he'll get this offense going in the right direction. I think it'll feel uh, better. Maybe not great because the Texans are a good defense, but there will be signs after the game of, okay, this is going in the right direction. Right. Hopefully a big bounce back day for everybody on offense. I went defense though, because I went Trayvon Walker for my he will, he will, he might. I think he will have a day because as we mentioned, CJ Stroud has been sacked 11 times already this season. I think Trayvon Walker will sack him um, on Sunday. And I think he won't have any issues with the offensive line. We mentioned a lot of their, we our offensive line we're worried about, but Texans offensive line has a lot bigger issues as they've allowed that many sacks so far this year. And of course they're dealing with injuries as well. And he might lead the team in sacks after this game. I'm not really sure, but I think he might be able to outdo Josh. I know Josh is still dealing with that shoulder injury. I think if Trayvon has a big day, like we saw what the pass rush was able to do against another rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson. If Trayvon goes off, he might might jump his way up the line. And if Trayvon goes off, he might make it a lot easier on Josh when he does get his pass rushes sure. in. And Caleb on Chason, who came alive last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Caleb on's hometown team. So maybe he can build and put together back-to-back strong performances. I don't think anybody would be mad about that if we got no. some production out of Caleb on. By the way, it's Walker Little's hometown team. There's some, we have a bunch of Texas guys. And those two guys played together at Episcopal High in Houston. They were high school teammates. Oh, very cool. We yes. love a fun fact. Wonderful. Stay I with us. Throw them out. Stay with us. We're going to go around the locker room right before we give our predictions for the Sunday's game. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. That sucks. Um, you know, as an offense, we <laughs> we want to be the best. I mean, we want to move the ball. And when you go in a game like that and the defense plays like that versus the, you know the Super Bowl champs um, and the offense that we're supposed to be, you know, I tell you right now, all of us on offense, the starters, we we were pissed off about that performance and that we couldn't come through for the for the, for the team. As you know, the offense, whatever, we're not. We know the offense is going to handle what they need to handle. And once, once that time comes, we're going to be rolling. And, uh, you know, that's what we're really, really excited about. Defensively, we have to keep up, keep it up. 
and uh, keep putting ourselves in positions to get the ball back to the offense. No sense of panic in that locker room. I think everybody's aware that things will get back on track this week and hopefully the offense will look like what we expected them to look like before the season started. So let's go through our picks. Who you guys got uh, this weekend against the Texans in week three? Well, I think the Jaguars win it. I, I, I think it may be a little similar to week one in the sense that, you know, I'm not big on predicting blowouts in the NFL because I think yeah, it doesn't happen all that the often. team blown out often has to make unforced mistakes to have that happen. You have to have a bad game to get a blowout. But I do think you can win convincingly and impressively. And I think the Jaguars will win something on the lines of, you know, 28-30 to maybe 14 uh, and feel really good about it. Right? I, I think what you'll feel, John, is that they'll be in control, right? They'll come out, they'll handle business, they'll score early. You know, they'll keep them at arm's length the whole way through the game because they're a better team, they're more healthy, they're playing at home, and, and as you just heard Calvin say, they're pissed off. Yep. That's it's exactly fair to expect them to do that this I think week, so. too. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think we should set the bar high for them always and definitely a bounce-back week for them. I'm going to go, I think, 2010 is, is what I'm going to go to because I hope the defense can they've, – they've shown that they can – handle a rookie quarterback and I think with Stroud staying in the pocket they might have a really good week and we you know both of you just picked it 28 or more points right on yes. a week that they're coming off of not scoring a single touchdown I think that's the expectation right sure. we've seen enough of this offense we understand what's there so if that's what we're saying now you understand why they're so confident in the locker room when you hear a guy like Josh Allen say we're not worried about them their confidence makes us confident I, I think, would too. well I mean there was a time around here where 28 points seemed like an insurmountable <laughs> obstacle it's kind of interesting to not be in that position anymore. Times are good for sure. All right, uh, Sunday's matchup against the Texans is brought to you by Renewal by Anderson, a better way to a better window. Visit rbafla.com. Get your tickets if you want to come out and check out week three here at the bank. Until then, we'll see you on Monday with a full recap of all the action.